Hello and welcome to episode four of the Commander Cody podcast. I'm your host, Cody Galat. Please listen over on iTunes, Google Play, and CastBox. Time for the news roundup. We have four items on the roundup today. Story number one, don't tell me the odds, C-3PO. This story comes via Anthony Daniels' Twitter page. Quote, today was 3PO's last on episode nine. He's sad, so am I. But we're so proud to have worked with such a lovely, talented cast and crew led by JJ and Kathy. I'll miss everyone, but I'm glad to know that we've been making something exceptional together to share with the waiting world, end quote. My thoughts, Anthony Daniels and C-3PO have been a staple of Star Wars since the very beginning. He, of course, had the first lines in a Star Wars film. He's gonna be greatly missed. This doesn't really necessarily confirm that he's never going to appear again in some kind of medium. I can see him definitely showing back up in an animated series, but this could be the last time the actor actually dons C-3PO's golden casing. So it's kind of sad, bittersweet that this is starting to hit everyone as the final in the Skywalker saga. I'm really looking forward to this film just once we hear more of these news of everyone rapping the last scene they're filming. So it must be bittersweet, especially for an actor like that who's been around since the original came out. Story number two, BB-8 is done rolling. Story comes via Brian Hearing, the puppeteer for BB-8. Quote, Today was a wrap on BB-8. The last five years have been an amazing ride. Thanks to at JJ Abrams, Kathleen, Neil, hashtag Team BB-8, especially Dave and the entire cast and crew for the time of my life. Few people get to live the dream. Thank you. Hashtag Star Wars, hashtag 9, hashtag Puppeteer, hashtag BB-8, hashtag Star Wars Episode 9, end quote. So just another confirmation that another person is done filming. We're going to get closer and closer to a trailer, which a lot of people are pointing to during Star Wars celebration. Story number three, R5D4 lives. Via John Favreau, we get a great image of the red droid. For people that don't know, this droid appears in episode four when Luke and his uncle are trying to buy Astromech. They pick the red one, which of course is the R5D4. And once he starts rolling, his modem blows and he kind of puffs up. If you haven't read this book, so this is a spoiler from a certain point of view. One of the stories in that volume talks about R5 and R2-D2 and how R2-D2 is communicating with R5 saying, hey, I have an important mission. I really need to be the one to get sold tomorrow. And so R5 intentionally does that. So this kind of gets confirmation that he survived and they didn't just scrap him. I'm really looking forward to seeing if he's going to be a regular on the show. Maybe he'll be in the main droid or if he'll at least appear in one episode. So it's very exciting. And I love when they pepper these like really kind of in-depth canon things into more mainstream media. So I'm really looking forward to seeing R5 in the upcoming Mandalorian show. Story number four, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan have some fun. Per at Delray Star Wars via Twitter just released the synopsis for Claudia Gray's upcoming book Master and Apprentice. It reads, An unexpected offer threatens the bond between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan as the two Jedi navigate a dangerous new planet and uncertain future. A Jedi must be fearless warrior, a guardian of justice, and a scholar in the ways of the Force. But perhaps a Jedi's most essential duty is to pass on what they have learned. Master Yoda trained Dooku. Dooku trained Qui-Gon. And now Qui-Gon has a Padawan of his own. But while Qui-Gon has faced all manner of threats and danger as a Jedi, nothing has ever scared him like the thought of failing his apprentice. Obi-Wan has a deep respect for his master, but struggles to understand him. Why must Qui-Gon often disregard the laws that bind the Jedi? Why is Qui-Gon drawn to ancient Jedi prophecies instead of more practical concerns? And why wasn't Obi-Wan told that Qui-Gon is considering an invitation to join the Jedi Council, knowing it would mean the end of their partnership? The simple answer scares him. Obi-Wan has failed his master. When Jedi Rael Avaros 
another former student of Dooku, requires their assistance with a political dispute. Jin and Kenobi travel to royal court of Pajal for what may be their final mission together. What should be a simple assignment quickly becomes clouded by deceit and by visions of violent disaster that take hold in Qui-Gon's mind. As Qui-Gon's faith in prophecy grows, Obi-Wan's faith in him is tested. Just as a threat surfaces that will demand the master and apprentice come together as never before or be divided forever. Just from that synopsis alone, I'm very intrigued by Claudia Gray's story on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Of course, Claudia Gray wrote two of my favorite canon Star Wars books, which are Lost Stars and Bloodlines, which are very excellent. And she also wrote a mini story in that, from a certain point of view, where Qui-Gon is talking to Obi-Wan as a Force ghost before the events of Episode 4, A New Hope. This gets me very excited. I love Qui-Gon. I love Dooku. And I love how we don't know if Qui-Gon necessarily would have joined Dooku or not. I don't think he would have, but Qui-Gon never went along with Jedi Council. And he's the first Jedi to actually become a Force ghost that we know of. I'm very intrigued by him wanting to study these ancient prophecies. And I think it's going to reveal a lot about the Force, just open up our understanding of what Jedi understand and what they know. So that ends the roundup. Next, let's move over to Star Wars in review. In this section, I review anything Star Wars related, be it books, comics, video games, TV shows, you name it. This week, I'm reviewing the mini cartoon over on Star Wars Kids' YouTube channel called Galaxy of Adventures. These mini shorts take iconic scenes from the movies and converts them to a dynamic animated sequence. As of this recording, the channel has around 14 shorts. These shorts depict Luke taking on the Death Star, Han Solo, how he's the best smuggler in the galaxy, the power of Darth Vader, Yoda versus Count Dooku, and much more. I love the animation style and how they use original audio. My hope is they make a longer episodic series using the animation style. So if you haven't checked this out, go. They're really short, between like a minute and three minutes long, so they're very digestible. The animation is just gorgeous, very colorful, almost like a 2D feel to me and I, I really hope they make a longer series using that type of animation. Time for the main topic of the show. These aren't the droids you're looking for. With the recent George stories I thought it'd be fun to discuss these beings that populate the galaxy far far away. There are five classes of droids and they are class one droids work in the fields of mathematics, physics, physical sciences, and medicine. Although they had in-depth knowledge of their field, they were rarely programmed to apply their knowledge to everyday situations. They include medical, biological, physical, and mathematic droids. Class 2 droids were programmed for engineering and other technical services. They differed from Class 1 droids because they applied the sciences to real-life situations. Class 2 droids were rarely equipped with basic vocabulators, instead communicating through binary. The five subcategories of Class II droids are Astromech, Exploration, Environmental, Engineering, and Maintenance. Class III droids were programmed to interact with humans. They were said to be the most advanced droids ever invented. The four subcategories of Class III droids are Protocol, Servant, Tutor, and Child Care. Class IV droids were programmed to fight. Almost all Class IV droids carried weapons. Armed combat droids were among the first droids ever created. The four subcategories of Class IV droids are Security, Gladiator, Battle, and Assassination. Class V droids were simple labor droids that did menial labor that no one wanted to do. Class V droids were the most often encountered droids. The three subcategories of Class V droids are general labor, labor specialist, and hazardous service. So droids have featured a major role in Star Wars films, most often voicing the thoughts and questions the audience members might have. Droids are a central part in the prequels and the Clone Wars animated series. During this area, we see a diverse number of droids from the different classes I just discussed. Some of my favorites include IG-100, which were 
were first seen in episode three of Ringe of the Sith. They were General Grievous's bodyguards. They fought Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker. They were great fighters and would be a decent challenge to a Jedi, especially in large numbers. Class, I really like our astromech droids, especially R2-D2 and BB-8. Even though these droids do not speak basic, their chirps and beeps really make you think they have a personality. And I just love R2 and BB-8. They really make those films for me, especially The Force Awakens, introducing a new droid. Was this going to work with audiences? And I think BB-8 and Finn just have a great back and forth, especially that scene where Finn's trying to convince BB-8 to say that he's part of the resistance and BB-8 kind of does the torch thumbs up. It's a great scene. Also, I just love R2. I know a lot of people don't like the prequels, but I love the scene where R2 kind of shoots out some oil and then uses his boosters to light the battle droids on fire. It was just a great scene in Revenge of the Sith. Makes me wonder what type of droids we will see in future Star Wars projects. I feel droids have always had a really special place in the films, and I really enjoy seeing the new designs, especially during that Clone Wars animated series and just the prequels in general. We see so much from the Trade Federation. We see so many droids that were designed to command or to fight or assassinate. I think, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney will continue that tradition in Episode 9. I have a feeling we'll see some kind of new droid design in some fashion, either from the Resistance or maybe the First Order. I also feel like in John Favreau's new show, we've already seen pictures of R5 and IG-88, so we're definitely going to get a lot of droid action. I think that's just going to be a continuing staple of the franchise, just some cool droid for each new set of films or set of TV shows. So I can't wait to see what Disney and Lucasfilm has in store for us. So that's it for this week. If you like my content, please rate and subscribe. Until next time, Commander Cody, signing out.